0: A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team.
1: Powered by Seahawks.com. Welcome to Hawk Talk Recap Edition. The Seahawks beat the Texans 33-13 in Houston and go 2-0 the past two weeks. First time they put together two wins back-to-back this year. We are excited. Let's bring in Nassar Chobie and figure out what had happened.
0: See, what had happened at first was... What happened was... What had happened was...
2: On Hawk Talk. Victory bump, that's what happened. Two victory Mondays in a row for the Seattle Seahawks, beating the Texans 33-13. Now on their first winning streak, as you mentioned, of the season. Uh, And it was a big day on Sunday. Pete Carroll got his 150th regular season victory. He's now the 22nd NFL coach to ever accomplish that feat, so definitely in some rare company. But it wasn't all good from the start bump. I mean, the Seahawks came out kind of a slow start defensively. Kind of nervous because we knew that there was issues with the quarterback between Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor. They elected to go with Davis Mills, and he came out out the jump hot. Takes him down on a seven play, seventy five yard touchdown, ending with the Brevin Jordan uh, catching the end zone, and Mills set a franchise record bump, starting the game, completing his first fourteen passes. So. Not a great start, not what you're looking for defensively. But from that moment on, the defense locked in. They did not give up another touchdown the rest of the way. Seahawks would respond, and honestly, offensively, bump, that was their most complete game of the year. They they were good from the start. They had a couple of field goal drives, big plays to lock it, Rasad Penny. So it was a good day offensively, bump. What did you see from that offense?
1: Good day offensively. They responded with that with a field goal from that. I guess, what, seven-play, 75-yard drive that Houston jumped out with, and then they really got the run game going early, man. We saw something we have not seen all year. That was a Rashad Penn exciting with him being healthy throughout the whole game and just getting this thing going, man. He finished the day with a career of 137 yards, but it was a buildup. It was like he saw a 68-yard run. Then he saw a 15-yard run. Then he scores a touchdown on a 37-yard run. We saw Rashad Penn really get into his groove, and then offensively, it's another efficient day for Russell Wilson. Now we'll talk about his stats a little bit later, but him and Tyler Lockett got going. You saw Gerald Everett kind of shake off the the turnovers from last week. Just offensively, they look good, good on third downs for the first time or second time this year. They're over 50% when it comes to third down conversions. It felt right. Other than that first series, like you mentioned, everything else has fell into place.
2: Yeah, no question about it. When you look at their drive chart, it was good, man. They did a lot of good things um, going from the beginning. They go field goal, touchdown, punt, touchdown punt, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. So, I mean, that's a lot of scoring drives that we're not typically have, haven't have really seen this whole season. So it was great to see them just find a rhythm. And I don't understand it. Well, again, we'll talk about all the playmakers, but Tyler Lockett just finds a way to get open. Yeah, Everyone watches film. Everyone gets paid to watch film, but he still gets open on these deep, deep crosses. And, the, one of the better things from today is, is Russell Wilson, man. He's showing exactly what he's capable of doing. He's been there this whole time. Back to his normal self. You know, the accuracy is slowly creeping back better and better. And we're seeing what we're used to seeing, those deep balls, those deep crosses, those routes that he throws better than anyone on this planet. Anyone who is alive today does not throw a better deep ball than Russell Wilson. So great to see what he's doing there. And then up front, you know, Jake Curran steps in, gets to start at right tackle. Got his feet wet last week against the 49ers, but he was playing guard kind of in emergency duty. He practices at tackle. So he's a little bit more comfortable and he did some good things. So it's good to see him out there. And I'm just really overall. I just feel really good about where this team is at. And a lot of questions, you know, around town on different sports talk shows have the Seahawks fair, give this out. Have they turned the corner? And I think they have, yes, you can come at me with, Hey, well, Texans are the worst in every single category, blah, blah, blah. Well, the Seahawks have played some other bad teams this year and didn't look as good as they did on Sunday. So, while they of course still have things to improve and things that they can get better at, I think we're finally seeing where this team can go and their ceiling, and they're hitting the stretch run right when they need to.
1: And one of the key things you said were no sacks. First time all year, Russell Wilson was not sacked with all the replacements that you mentioned on that defensive line replacements, and then just guys not being there consistently so not they're not really finding their group can't ignore the defense shut this team down the texans in the second half second time in two weeks that they've done that bobby wagner led the charge with a bunch of tackles jordan brooks behind him so many playmakers to talk about let's just get right into it playmakers Touchdown,
0: Seahawks. playmakers
2: playmakers The quarterback, Russell Wilson, 17-28 for 260 yards in two touchdowns. You just talked about it. Sacked zero times for the first time all season. Finished with a rating of 115.2. And Russell, man, like I said, he is just playing at a different level. I I really like what we're seeing from him. Confidence, the swagger, just everything about how he's carrying himself. And there was a little stretch in there where he was about a – there was a stretch where he had several incomplete passes and things like that on a couple of punt drives, but – this team is at its best when they're running the football and they're doing a mix of things with the play action and getting those guys involved deep. Um, DK had a couple catches, a couple nice runs after the catch. What I liked about Russell and DK's connection, it wasn't a lot, but that nice little slant we saw. Bump, we need to see more of that. Because that's yeah. if they're going to play off, we got to take that every time. So great to see Russell Wilson executing and playing at a high level.
1: And he could have had three touchdowns because him and DK missed on a slant down on the on the goal line. Um, Again, Russell's getting better every week. He's going to start eliminating those small mistakes as well. Imagine where this team could go. Tyler Lockett, a playmaker, five receptions, 142 yards, one touchdown. Recorded his 15th career game with 100 yards. He's almost gone an old NFL season with 100 yard. Uh, games with his 15th there. He is, he went for a thousand yards for the third consecutive season. He's the only other player to do that is the great Steve Largent. Tyler Lockin, like you mentioned earlier, he's going to run his deep crosses. He finds the sideline. Big race that we should start calling him tiptoe the way he works that sideline. Um, just consistent, man. That's all I can say about him. Just consistent. One of the best receivers in the league doesn't get a, the love that he deserves for sure.
2: We've said this for a long time. We said this for years. I don't know how it's possible, but he's still underrated underrated he gets a little love here and there you know what i'm saying he was went to the pro bowl early in his career as a returner people talk about him when they're playing the seahawks they know it's lockett and dk but man he's first of all his career his best season um receiving is like 1037 yards so he's going to shatter his career numbers with five games left especially at the rate he's going at so somehow it's possible but tyler lockett is still underrated Next, guy I want to talk about Rashad Penny, man. I feel so good for this man, just as a person, as a human being. 16 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. All of those were career highs. Averaged 8.6 yards a carry, and this man has gone through so much in his young NFL career. Was great at San Diego State. Was never hurt ever. Was never hurt in high school. He gets to the league, and every year it was something different. He broke his wrist, he hamstring, knee, ACL, you name it, he's had it. And for a young guy, young man to go through all that and still figure out a way to come out on the other end, you know what I'm saying, especially being younger, all the social media stuff, he talked about that uh, during his post-game press conferences, how he made a decision to go away from all that negativity and stop looking at Twitter, stop looking at all the haters doing all this and that. And he's put that away and he's finally got back to being healthy. That's, what, that's why he was drafted was to see what we saw there. Pete Carroll talked about it this morning. Home run hitter. And that's what he brings to this offense. He's a guy that if he gets in the open field, good luck. Like, he's, he's about to be gone. So, just from a personal standpoint watching his growth, being able to see it in the facility since 2018, just really happy, happy for my guy, Rashad.
1: Eight returns in college. You put on the film. You type in Rashad Penny. You're gonna see him at San Diego State going bananas. So we knew we had this big play ability in him. Average 8.6 yards per carry. That's great. His two touchdowns were not like on the goal line type touchdowns. Neither. Mm-hmm. He had to get outside, picked up a couple blocks from receivers, open up the stride, and getting that end zone. Big up to Rashad Penny, Bobby Wagner. Every week he is on this list. 15 tackles, one tackles for a loss. He's the leading tackler in the NFL. He's always in the right spot. He's going to fit you up. He's a for sure tackler. There's not too many times I see guys um, get past Bobby Wagner once he gets his paws on you. Just another day at the office for Wagner. 15 tackles, nothing big.
2: Nothing big. Double-digit tackles all day long. 54. Going to be a first bout Hall of Famer, showing what he can do there. Jordan Brooks, his linebacker mate there, had 10 tackles on Sunday. Double-digit tackles for the fifth straight game. So we got something going in the middle. I love to see them. We talk about every single week because every single week Jordan Brooks has been on here on the Playmakers Making plays, so love to see him double digit tackles, doing his thing and and helping. There are some issues at the beginning of the game, kind of in the middle of field. Some of the things we saw early on, but they corrected that as the game went on. So good to see those boys making plays.
1: Al Woods, the big homie in the middle, five tackles, a half sack, he had to share with Rashim Green, one tackle for loss, one QB hit, and just disruptive in the middle. He's a guy who's going to take on double teams every now and then. He'll have a game like this, but most of the time. All his victories are unseen. People don't really understand what he does in the middle, but it's nice to see somebody like Al Woods get some love.
2: No question about it. Pete Carroll talked about Al Woods having the best season of his career, and he's 34. People forget he didn't play football last year. With the COVID pandemic, he decided to take last season off, take care of his family, came back, and is playing unbelievable football at 34 years old, so love to see it there. And another guy I want to show some love to is Ugo Amadi. Ugo, you know, that was... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong I think that had to have been his best game this year he felt active six tackles one TFL two passes defended almost had a pick just went off his hands. so if Ugo's making plays and the thing that I really love about this season is the the DBs in general right there's been a ton of injuries in that room between corners and safeties that the corners were just getting absolutely crushed at the beginning of this year everything was their fault they're the worst they can't play they can't do this so Loved what I'm seeing out of you know Ugo as a nickel, Sidney Jones, obviously DJ Reed, once he flipped the other side, he's been playing really good football. And then, of course, you had, um, before he got hurt, Trey Brown was playing really good football too. So it's really good to see the secondary, despite all the injuries they've had, despite losing Jamal, playing well, Ryan Neal stepping up, getting in there. So big ups to that secondary.
1: Yes, sir. Big ups to the secondary and big ups to the wide receiver group.
2: Let's do the wide
1: Receiver roundup leading the way. Tyler Lockett, five catches, 142 yards, one touchdown, a long of 55. DK Metcalf, you mentioned it earlier, not huge stats, but impact plays. You know what I mean? Like picking up first downs and you felt his presence, even though he only had four catches for 43 yards along of 22. Will Disley got things right. Started off the game with a drop and then bounced back two for 38. Penny Hart had one for 16. Gerald ever scored a touchdown. He had two catches for 15 yards, one touchdown. Nick Ballore got into the mix one for four. Alex Collins one for one. Rashad Penny one for one. Overall, this group has 17 catches, 260 yards. Keep catching that rock. Russell keeps slinging it.
2: I love that eight people are in this uh, box score looking at it. I love to see it spreading the wealth. Of course, you want to see a little bit more targets, but in general, Between Lockett and Metcalf, that's what you want to see. 17 targets between them. Obviously, Lockett has a huge day with the bulk of the receiving yards. Happy to see Gerald Everett, man, get in that end zone. We know the week Gerald had against the 49ers, and that's not who he's been all year. He's had a really good season. He's probably the third best receiving threat on this team consistently. After having a rough stretch, it was good to see him go out there, have a couple catches, get in the end zone. And, boy, he was taking care of that football. He caught that ball, two hands on it. He was not (laughs) going to fumble again, so... Big ups to Gerald Everett, number 81, making plays.
1: Love it. All right, let's go and watch some film. Rashad Penny seals the Seahawks victory with this 47-yard TD run. Second down
0: and seven run by Penny left side. Breaks one tackle. First down. He is gone. 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. Rashad Penny breaks it at the line of scrimmage and takes off for 47 yards. There's a 100-plus day for the Seahawks, 137 yards for just Rashad Penny. What a game. And if you keep doing that, if you keep pounding that line of scrimmage and the defense, one of these is going to break. And Rashad has had two of them break today.
1: And love this run by Rashad Penny. What the Hawks did here was beautiful, man. They bring in, look, hey, we need three tight ends. Let's bring you guys over to the right side of the line. That forces the Texans to bring bodies over there, leaving the left side in more favorable numbers. That's where they start to run. It's nothing but a stretch zone. You're really trying to get this line to go east and west and get outside. Lyman's do a great job of getting bodies on body and double teams. But for the second touchdown of the game, the escritch comes in on a push crack to the safety and really springs this thing. Great patience by Rashad Penny, and he hit it when it was time to go.
2: Got to love number one, the little guy getting in there and making a nice block on the safety. When the ball is snap, you see uh, Dwayne Brown get kicked out his guy. Boom. Then you see Damian Lewis coming down the line, gets had on the linebacker. And Rashad, big ups to him because Jay Curran's coming coming down the line. Rashad actually bumps into him, keeps his yeah. feet, gets off a guy, jumps, gets through the mess and into the traffic. And then once he gets in the open field, like I mentioned earlier, good luck, Rashad Penny. And the, here's the thing about fast people. I say this all the time. It looks effortless. It's easy. When I'm watching him run, you can tell that's how it looks because the safety who has a savior angle looks like he is running as hard as <laughs> he, humanly possible. He's grinding. And he looks like, <laughs> I think it's King, the backside corner. It looks like he's running fast and he is just getting dusted by Rashad to the end zone. So love to see Rashad. As we mentioned, we talked about a lot. He's gone through a lot and he's done some really good things for this football team this year. And bump, if he can stay healthy, just like moving forward. Right. So, it's almost been a couple hurdles. So against the 49ers, he has 10 carries, is a lot more active, gets through the game healthy. Check, step one. Comes back the yep. next week, has a career high in carry, 1,637 yards, stays healthy throughout the ball game. Do you envision the Seahawks continuing to ride this hot hand and do you expect him to start and get a majority of the carries the rest of the way?
1: If he does not start this next game, I will be highly disappointed. <laughs> I know this coaching staff is smarter than that. They said this game they were going to go with the hot hand, And Rashad Penny was a hot hand from the very first carry that he had. Like you said, if he can stay healthy, this is a different dynamic. Because I feel like Alex Collins does a great job in the box being shifty and picking up like a hard six, seven yards. You know what I mean? He's going to make guys miss. Whereas Rashad Penny's is the true home run hit. Like if he gets to the second or third level, he has a chance to take this to the house because he has that speed. Well, yeah, it should be, it should be penny show. I think he still mixing Alice Collins though. you can't, you can't of forget course. about him. You give penny a rest. We know the, his history, but yeah, man. And all of this has led us to the greatest formation. And that is NASA
0: Here comes the Seahawk offense onto the field and the Vikings defense trudging out there, knowing that one kneel down and the Seahawks are going to wind the clock down and win this one.
2: It's the victory formation on Hawk talk. Two weeks in a row, the Seahawks get in victory formation with a W. One of their better games of the season, start to finish, at least offensively. Defense got it figured out. I loved how the offense was able to get it done on the ground and through the air. That's exactly what you want. Um, They took care of business against a a not-a-great football team, and that's exactly what you're supposed to do. I love that they ran the ball 29 times, and they only threw it 28. That means things are going well offensively when they— got so established that running game, and then it was able to open things up over the top. That's exactly the balance you talk about. Pete always talks about you want to have a lot of completions and a lot of runs. That means you're playing well offensively, so love to see what they're putting down out there.
1: Offense did everything they were supposed to do. The defense started off rough and then bounced back. Second week in a row, they don't allow the opposition to score in the second half. These guys are hyped up. And Pete Carroll said, look, last week, we ain't done yet. They still got a lot of work to do. They still are in the playoff picture, technically. If they can handle what they can handle, you never know what happens. But you mentioned offense. I mentioned defense. It was nice to see.
2: No question about it. And Pete is right. It is, again, I don't know how many times we've said this over the last month that Every time the Seahawks lost, you're like, well, they're technically not out of it. The seventh seed is here. (laughs) The seventh seed is here. And the fact that the seventh seed right now is the Washington football team, who is and 6-7. Seattle Seahawks are 5-8. and They're one game behind that last spot. Obviously, they're like two games back of Washington because Washington has a tiebreaker there. But they're one game out of it. And a lot of things are going to happen over the next couple weeks. I really think if the Seahawks can take care of business against the Rams, it's going to be an incredibly challenging game on the road. If they can do that, not only will they prove that, yes, they are indeed back and fixed, they will be a dangerous team heading into this stretch run. And if other teams don't take care of business, I could see the Seahawks actually finishing 9-8 and eight and maybe somehow backdooring their way into the playoffs. But obviously, that means nothing if you don't get it done in L.A. So I'm really looking forward to next week's ballgame.
1: All right, These guys got to go one another going down to Cali to play the L.A. Rams. We know the Rams play Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals. That should be a good one. Hey, just win the week and you should be good, man. One. Thank you guys for listening to us. This is a Hawk Talk recap edition. The Seahawks beat the Texans 33 to 13. They've won two games in a row for the first time this year. Let's make it three. I'm Michael Bumpers. He's Thanks for listening.